Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast. My name is Jim Martin. I am your co-host, joined by Jeff, Brad, and Greg. Excited to be with you guys today. We have um we we've we've had a lot of responses over the last, I guess, guys, we've been doing this for three months now. And, um, I, you know, people are finding us on LinkedIn. They're sending questions on the website. They're finding me on Facebook. I've not gotten any hate mail yet, but I'm sure that's coming because we're fairly opinionated. But we have gotten lots of listener questions. And I thought today's show, it would be interesting to highlight a couple of those. And, and namely, some of the ones that will help people grow their business and manage their business better. Because some of the questions we've gotten, uh, we, we've just been able to send like one or two word responses back. But I thought this would be kind of a fun way to do this. And by the way, if if you're not familiar, you know, this show is all about helping people take action in their practice to grow their business, to become better advisors, uh, become better fathers or mothers or w- whatever it is, helping you build a work-life balance and hit your goals. And that's what we really, that's really what we we try to do and accomplish. And one of the ways you can uh you can connect with us and other advisors is by uh, joining our private Facebook group. We don't let everybody in. It's, uh, it's not invitation only, but we do vet the folks who apply. But you can go out to Facebook and just search for The Financial Advisor's Edge. You'll find our Facebook group. Go ahead and hit join and submit the information. Uh, there's no cost to join at this point. So we're just trying to create a community of like-minded advisors that want to grow, get better, and and share. Uh, if you're just there to lurk and not share, we will not allow you to sit around and and steal from the rest of the group. Uh, you got to be participatory because that's what we're trying to do. We are, we're trying to learn from you. You're trying to learn from us. Remember, iron sharpens iron. Do that. Reach out to the group. Uh, but with that said, guys, one of the one of the questions we got that I thought was really interesting was, you know, what's the best way to add uh, five million? It was this guy was very specific. What's the best way to add five million dollars of AUM by year's end? So I thought that was a good question. Uh, I think it's achievable at, at this point if you if you have some marketing things going on. Uh, but I want to just go around and kind of do a round robin and let, let's just kick it over to Greg because you're next to me on the screen. But but Greg, if you were in a position where you wanted to add five million dollars from now until the end of the year, how are you doing it, sir? Yeah, I'm first of all, I'm looking at my my current book of business and I know like, you know, for example, I have a lot of clients that want to retire at the end of the year for whatever reason. So I know, Hey, I probably got some rollovers coming in. So I'm going to kind of say, okay, I got two clients retiring 401k. There's a million and a million. So I'm going to make sure, okay, Hey, retirement dates coming. I'm, I'm going to have some, some planning meetings, some review meetings in the next couple months, because, because when people retire, they're a little uneasy about the, you know, the decision. Am I still on track, especially with the market, the way it is. So, okay, there's, let's say there's 2 million there. Then I'm going to review my marketing activities. And do I need to ramp those up between now and the end of the year? Uh, maybe it's increasing webinars, seminars, whatever you might be doing. Um, 
maybe it's client appreciation events. I, I've I've had a few of those last year. They were uh, really successful uh, for me, business new business wise. So those are some of the things that I would look at. Love it. Those are great ones. How about you, Brad? How are you gonna? If you're in this guy's shoes, you're kind of in a position where you want to add five more million of assets. What are you doing? Yeah, I think if I were going to do something above and beyond my normal marketing activities, um, I, I like the client appreciation idea, especially it's it's holiday season coming up. So it's a perfect time to do that stuff. Um, but bring a friend with them, uh, really show off what you can offer people. Um, but I think one thing that I would do, I would go, I would, I would do a bunch of reviews. I don't know how helpful this would be to, to newer people, but I think we were just talking about, um, you know, that our, in a previous episode, you know, getting that net worth statement and uh, how you can use financial planning as a tool to discover assets. I, I would get on that, I think. You know, get your clients in, especially the ones you have a good relationship with, but maybe that you know that you might not have everything or that you could do a little more for them. And, and you probably have depending on the size of your book, you might have a lot more than 5 million in assets just sitting there waiting for you to call. Yeah. Great, great, great feedback. Jeff, what are you doing to do this? If, if it's me right now, it's looking at people with big bank balances and getting them moved into money market mutual funds. Um, if, if our strictly, our only goal here is to get assets in the door, um, because in periods of rising interest rates, as we happen to be in right now, um, we can, exploit that difference between what banks are willing to pay on deposits and what a client can safely get in a money market mutual fund. Whether or not it belongs elsewhere is another conversation. But if I'm looking to raise assets right now, that's an easy slam dunk way to do it. Yeah, that's a no brainer. That's a good one. I don't know that I had really considered that. I think it's great. I wrote down when you said that, I wrote down MIGA. Um, you know, it, you, you could do a fixed, uh, a fixed annuity campaign with the rates we're seeing in that space right now, even at the, the two and the three year number, they're just outrageously good. I mean, at least historically, or at least in the last five years. So that that's a huge opportunity. I like the, I love the client appreciation events. I think, um, I think leveraging your clients is where you're going to find this, this money. Uh, if you have clients, so like if you're obviously this isn't going to work for you, if you're, uh, if you're not there, but I really, I really think of this as a gold rush right now. Uh, there are so many people out. There's so many people that have money sitting, huge amounts of money sitting in cash uh, that that they don't know what to do with. They're nervous about, uh, or they have old 401ks or IRAs and they just don't know what to do. And obviously, you have to follow best interest when you make these recommendations. But boy, oh boy, there's a lot of opportunity. The last thing I'm going to do especially if you've not had your marketing wheel spinning. If it's me, I'm probably going to up my budget on uh, on smart asset by $1,000 a month or $2,000 a month to try to gen up some some leads. And I'm more than likely going to hold a seminar or two to try to get in front of it. Uh, but I love client appreciation events because remember, uh, your clients, th- th- you might have all their retirement assets, but you probably don't have all of their assets in a lot of ways. And a lot of times you probably they have money on the sidelines and they, and they have friends, by the way. So crank the referral engine up. I think those are all, I think all of that is good feedback. Any of those activities you do, they will lead to more. I'm going to leave one last nugget and then kick it over. I got one too, Jim. I got one too, Jim. I'm I'm coming to you right after. So my last nugget is pull, and this is something we're doing in our office right now. We're going through and looking at everybody that I met with in the last five years. So our CRM, I can go back and find all these people that I met for first and second appointments. And we're going to try to reconnect with them and offer them a uh, a second opinion. And there's people out there 
that liked you, but it wasn't the right time in their life. And you're going to find somebody out there that you've met with, and you're going to find somebody who wants to meet with you again because they thought they closed the door on the relationship. You've just got to open that back up. It's kind of like texting that ex-girlfriend so uh, or ex-boyfriend. <laughs> you might not want to do it, but in this situation, I think it would pay off for you. Greg, what was Especially your, what was your market down. What's that, Brad? Especially with the market down. Exactly. They're, they they might they might have made the wrong decision and they're they're embarrassed about it. Take that out, take that away from them. Uh, Greg, how about you? Yeah, so it's it's funny you said that, Jim, because I, I do it a little old school. Yeah, they're in my CRM, but I have a list of prospects, uh, my top twenty five prospects that I, I want their business. Either I met with them six months ago, they were kind of on the fence. Maybe they hired you know, another firm, a green or a blue firm or a red firm. Uh, we we won't name names, but but what I'll ask them is, hey, is is it with the market and all the changes going on in the economy right now? Wh- what is your current advisor, you know, saying about you know any adjustments that you're that you're needing to uh, be making at this time? And they'll say, well, gosh, I haven't heard from my advisor, you know, in a year or whatever. Well, don't you think with you know, with the market the way it is, it, wouldn't it be a, a a good idea to have a second set of eyes and kind of revisit this? Yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of I want that advisor that's kind of got my back and um, and is and is really cares about my situation. So I'm I'm also revisiting my top 25 prospects, and quite frankly. Uh, every six months or so, I'm, I'm kind of eliminating some of those people. Either they piss me off, or I determine that you know, hey, they're they're not a good fit after some kind of conversation, and then adding future prospects to those. Well, it's also amazing as you uh, as you go through the career where somebody that was a good prospect three four years ago, and you were you were you were so excited to see that individual, and now you look at it and say, oh wow. That's uh, that's not as good of a prospect as I thought it was. There's there's people with a lot more assets out there that are nicer to work with, and I want that person instead. So, right, great great advice, great advice. Keep keep that list. That almost goes back to that uh, David Mullins, I can, or Mullen, I can't remember who million dollar advisor. He said, get your top 100 prospects and just pound it. Work through them uh, to get those to build that million hundred million dollar practice. Uh, good stuff, guys. I think that's all actionable and useful information uh, uh, for 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 the listener here that, that reached out. Here's the next one. This one's kind of this one's kind of funny because I, I heard this from another a friend of mine and I, I kind of laughed at it. But I'm going to read this this email as it came in. It said, "Yo, yo, can you guys get on the same page with your advice?" Well, Eminem, first off. Let's focus on uh, focus on this. No, we cannot. Like, when, this is a, this is a really a virtual mastermind. When when we get on here, we're not prepping for six hours. We're not running a business through this podcast. It's really four guys that are pretty busy. They have busy lives getting together to talk about subjects in our practices that we think might be useful. And you're not going to get the same answer from everyone. We're not here to sell you a system. We don't have some Dare or some, you know, like these are all good podcasts that are out there that you you see these things, but that's not who we are. We're, we are four guys with four different opinions and they don't always mesh up. Although we, we try to be respectful of each other's opinions because we like each other. So I don't think you're going to get like, that exact uh that exact outcome on this podcast your goal though is to listen to this and say oh i got an idea i, I write down I- ideas on every one of these podcasts that i hear from 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 these guys because they're successful so jeff what about you do you think we need to like do you think we just need to like have a kumbaya meeting and get together on this stuff 
Yeah, because it's super awesome when there's one message and it's getting drilled into your head, no matter who sell, tells it to you. <laughs> Isn't that why most of us leave big environments for some degree of flexibility so we can do things our own way? And yeah, that's our hope is that each of us has a little bit different spin on the way we do things. Find the one that you relate to the most and, and listen <coughs> to that person if that's how you want to do it. Yeah, I think that's great. How about you, Brad? You think we all need to like, can, can you commit like two hours of time to do prep work for these things and really make sure we have the same message all the way across? Yeah. What time are we doing it? <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. I mean, even Google maps gives me a couple of different routes to get to the same place. That's all we're doing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So I chill agree. out. Is this the yo guy? Yo. Yo. Chill out. Yeah. This is, this is Eminem. Like relax, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We we could start saying just do the work and trust the process, right? Yes. Right? <laughs> just <try. laughs> roll up your sleeves, shake like some old, hands. Like oh, here it goes. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no. Just just be out there in your community and uh, you know, trust the process. Don't you have a Taylor or a McKenzie to meet with? <laughs> that you got from the young professionals. Uh, <laughs> and they're as desperate for business as I was back then. Yeah. No doubt. Uh. Guys, when I first started, I still, I've probably told this story before, but when I first started at Jones, I was at Edward Jones and it, Edward Jones is a fine firm, but they brought this guy in and he was like, you know, he was a typical like uh general partner guy, had like the, the suit and the tie and everything else. And he used to tell this story, like he would go to football games, like Friday night, he was from Texas. So he'd go to Friday night football games in his shirt and tie and a jacket in Texas because he wanted everyone there to know that he was a financial advisor. And he wanted he, and he, his whole point was trust the process, guys. Trust the process. And uh yeah, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to just run out of the room and say, "Bro, come on! You want a football game? You're. I'd be sweat. I'm sweating wearing it in air condition. I can't imagine <laughs> Texas heat. Oh, he. Yeah, I was gonna say he had to be sweating his. You know what? Off. Yeah. So, uh, uh, wow. Yeah. I to the listener, we appreciate the questions um, that are submitted, um, and, and that's why we're doing the the private Facebook community. Um, you know, feel free to send in your questions, but I disagree with that. If you, if you want one opinion, there are plenty of podcasts where there's just one, uh, one host, you'll get one opinion. But the point of this, yeah, there's going to be some things that the three you say that I'm not going to apply. Uh, I may disagree with and and that's okay. That's what makes this fun. Um, but, but kind of take the bits and pieces that you think are useful as the listener and, and apply that. I may say something that you think is complete garbage and baloney and that's fine. You know, you're not paying me for, you know, uh, my advice or my opinion. So take it for what it's worth. That story answers the guy's question right there, Jim, your story about the, the suit guy. He was a GP, right? It was. So, I mean, unless he was a trust fund baby, which I doubt it. I mean, it worked. He was wildly successful. Yeah. A lot of what we talk about though is about work-life balance and, you know, enjoying what you do. And that, that, that might not be for us, but that's not to say it doesn't work. We were talking to them about this a couple of episodes ago about referrals, right? And the life, you know, the life insurance companies train you to, you know, kind of, I'm going to call it sleazy. Sorry to offend anybody who does this, right? The way that they ask for referrals, you know, write down 10 people that, that I can help, you know, 
I don't want to do that, but it works. You know, every life insurer is teaching it because it works. So there's more than one way to do it. We're just trying to show different perspectives, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah choose your path. I mean, I, I love the the Google map reference. Just choose look you're gonna you're gonna identify with with one of us or maybe two of us or maybe none of us and you're just wasting your time but look there's great podcast out there with that that you can get a system if you want to follow that system but i don't know like i i think to jeff's point like i i'm my own my, i'm my own guy i don't want to follow brad's system but i want to take things away from brad's system that would apply to the way i want to do business and implement them. So that's kind of our goal with the podcast and what we're trying to achieve. So good, good question. We really appreciate it. All right. We got one last question, guys. Um, our last question is, well, this is an interesting one. We might have to talk about, but, but when do you know it's time to fire a client? So when, at what point is it time to pull the plug? And, um, I think we've all done this before. So this will, this will be kind of a, a fun way to kind of close this out, but uh, why don't we, why don't we go down to Jeff first and Jeff, uh, when, when do you know it's time? When do you know it's time just to end the relationship? This depends on where you're at. Of course, in terms of level of business, you earn this with time, but for me, it's the icky feeling factor. If I just don't like seeing that person hit my, uh, email inbox or return call list, um, and the fuse is growing shorter for, for me with time. Um, if I feel that way, it's time for us to go our separate ways and, and ask them to find somebody that's a better fit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to say it. Uh, Greg, how about you? Have you, uh, have you had to, uh, ha- have you had to do this in your practice? And then how did you know it was time? Yeah, I, either I have, I've done it a few times. I had a couple people that like were pretty disrespectful and it's like, okay, um, and maybe it's back, you know, when I was in college, you know, as a, as a bartender, as a server, I had some rude people that I, I just couldn't say what I wanted to say to them. But being a business owner, I can tell these people to kiss my, you know what, you know, take a hike, buddy. I don't need your business. Uh, now, in the beginning, that's a little harder, right? Maybe you, you do convince yourself that you, you need the business. Um, but I, I think... It's it's just at the point where, you know what, I just don't want to deal with this person anymore. It's kind of like, when do you break up? And when, when do you dump your girlfriend or whatever? It's just kind of when you get to the breaking point, you know, kind of uh, this, I'm not happy with this, the way this relationship's going. So I guess it's kind of a, a gut feeling on when, how you do it, I think is a, is a better question yeah. because I, I think maybe early on, I didn't do it in in the best way. Um, there's a couple that we can talk about that. Maybe, uh, Nick Murray in one of his books, he has like a, uh, a letter that he recommend that he wrote out. Cause he's, he's very more, <laughs> he, he's a lot more in the beginning, more experienced than I was. So I basically just copied his letter, put my name at the bottom, sent it through compliance and mailed it to the client. Basically it says they have 30 days to move their account. And then at the bottom, it, in his book, it says like, I hope your cat dies or something like that is, is a, <laughs> as a that joke. Was in the game of numbers. I remember seeing that book. Okay. <laughs> Greg forgot to delete that. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, but anyway, that's what I used in the beginning. I just sent him a letter and said, Hey, uh, and then I never, I just didn't have the, the guts to, to call him. I just wanted it to be over with. Um, so, uh, now I, I, I actually have a meeting, uh, or I, I talked to him over the phone and and kind of just say hey let's let's talk about i i'm not able to meet your expectations and this is this is not this is not going well 
Um, so, and, and I, I kind of have a script written out in one of my notebooks that I can kind of stick to, but when you're doing it, don't let them talk you into keeping, Oh, let's, let's, you know, give me another chance, whatever. If you're going to do it, yeah, do it. It's kind of like the, the girlfriend, once she starts crying after you kind of said, Hey, we need <laughs> to break up, you know, don't say, Oh, well, give me another chance. How could you do this? That kind of thing. I mean, if you're going to do it, pull the trigger and don't back down on your decision to fire them. Yeah. Can I, well said. Go yeah, ahead, Jeff. Can I add to that to add maybe a level of complexity that I'm started to see myself. And this is again, come with time. Um, I don't know about you all. I have allowed certain clients to maintain either two relationships or some self-directed dollars at a Schwab or a Fidelity. And I know that's the cardinal sin in our business that you let somebody keep money somewhere else. Um, where I have started to draw the line on that is when it comes to income distributions. And um, and again, this is I've afforded this with time and the number of clients I have. Um, but I have I've been straight with them and to the point of are we firing them or are we just asking them to make a decision? So uh, because the the real issue I have is when you've got money in two places of which you may be either getting two different sets of advice or paying two different fee rates, which is honestly half these people, they're trying to cut their fees in half and hope they get they can use our advice on those other dollars. But that's just a conflict of interest because, it may be best in their best interest to draw down the lower expense dollars first. And they're not sure if that's really why you're giving them a, that advice or not. Um, and, and so that's what I've been really, my goal is always to be authentic with people. And I've started to ask some people that I really like to make a decision um, and say, look, it's time for income distributions. The relationship changes now because we're dist distributing money and I can't have that conflict of interest on how I'm trying to steer you without either being able to push the buttons for you or you always second guessing whether I'm giving you the right um, uh, advice because you've got this inherent conflict of compensation. So that's the one little different thing. People I like, I'm even asking, make the call, either go to the other advisor, the other firm, or to me. Uh, and in my case, it's about 50-50. They say, we appreciate your honesty. We understand. We're going to the other place, and it's fine. Um, then there, I don't have to deal with that. So, uh, just a little bit different spin on this with people we like. Sometimes you have to ask them to make a decision. Yeah, it's well stated. That's good stuff, Brad. How about you? You, when do you know it's time to fire somebody? And then how do you do it? Yeah, um, pretty similar to what what Greg and Jeff already said. You know, it gets to be someone who's. I just dread seeing their name in my email, on my voicemail or phone number, then it's time. Uh, but another one uh, that I don't know that we touched on enough for me that I, I don't know why I, I take this so seriously, but don't disrespect my staff. You know, I, 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 it bothers me in all areas of life when it doesn't matter if it's the clerk at the grocery store or your waitress at, at the restaurant. I mean, people deserve respect. And, and so, and if, so if someone disrespects my staff, that's pretty much it. You're, you're gone. Um, how do I do it? Usually by conversation. Although just like I think Greg, you said, you know, when I started the first one, I like, typed up a letter and I proofread it six times, uh, sweaty palms. So I dropped it in the mailbox, but now, you know, just like anything else, it's a, it's a, it's something I developed over time. It's still just talking to people. Yeah. You know, I'm not a jerk about it, but I'm like, yeah, just tell them how it is. And Jeff, you know, I have that conversation that you were talking about in the beginning. 
and just like a regular person, I just tell them up, right. Yeah. That's not for me. Sharing relationships is not for me. Um, I, you, you don't have your taxes done by two people. You, you shouldn't have this done by two. I mean, I've even flat out told people, I mean, I'm not, not going to cut my portfolio in half and go put it on E-Trade. Just, just not what I want to do at this stage. And I, and I don't do anything that I don't want to do. So that's one thing. I don't know if this kind of tied on this topic I was thinking of earlier. It's not really firing, but it's it's almost pushing someone either into a really um, positive relationship with you or, or getting to the point where you cut them off will be. I don't know if you guys have clients that are always trying to do something their own way in an account that you are managing, right? And I, it's buying pot stocks or Tesla or crypto, whatever it is. And when this, yeah, it's okay to ask a question here and there, but when I, I'll run into a client occasionally that always wants to have one of these weird ideas or do something differently or, or sell when the market gets rough. And I'll just tell them, I said, I'll look at them and just say, Bob, why are you paying me? Why are you paying me? And make them think about it, right? Do you want to be here or not? Are you here because I know what I'm doing or you just want somebody to talk to? Because there are way cheaper people to talk to, <laughs> right? And that's not really firing, but it is pushing a relationship into, you know, are you staying or are you going? And if you're staying, let's do this the right way. Yeah. That, that, that's a good to, to ask them that. And also it, back to Jeff's point about the situation where somebody has maybe part of their portfolio with, with him and part of it at, you know, maybe a low cost provider, we'll call them. I would ask them, what is the advantage? Just help me understand what is what is the advantage having half of your portfolio over here and half of your portfolio over here? And then just shut up and see what they have to say. And then if they say, oh, it's the cost. Well, if cost is your primary concern, why don't we just move it all over there? And then it's all under the low cost, right? But the advantage of, of having it all in one place, I think we can all agree um, it's going to be much easier to manage because there's going to come the day when you want complete advice and I got to have the information. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, I, I like Brad asking that question. What are you paying me for? Yeah, that's, uh, this is great feedback. Yeah. I'm, I, hey Brad, I, I'm, I'm the same. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. I'm, when someone's a, you know what, to your support people, do you give them a chance to like get a do over or is it one and done? I don't want to make a blanket statement. I suppose it, it depends on, the severity not that it happens all that often but you know uh, so you'll have you'll know, have like two types of people that this has happened to one is like they're a constant minorly disrespectful person which that is not immediate right like it, they don't even necessarily get a warning you write it off as like maybe they're having a bad day or something but then as it becomes a pattern then you address it and then there's someone that just says something outlandish like uh, i had someone one time call my assistant incompetent and, and said that she doesn't, the, the client said that they don't understand why she even has a job. And, uh, and in a scenario like that, I don't really care if you're having a bad day. You're just, uh, you're out. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if it's me, I've been fortunate. I can't say I've actually had this, but you know, there's, there's a scale, you're right. And maybe you say, this is your warning. Uh, yeah. if you contact them and apologize, then it's up to the support person if we're going to keep working with you or not. <laughs> um, I've heard of someone else doing that. I can't think of who it is. Right. Okay. There's there's an advisor I know that um, 
that just looks at how big the client is from a revenue uh, producing standpoint and says, how much grief, how much am I willing to put up with? Yeah. What's the pain? <laughs> yeah. Jim, what about you? How do you know when to fire somebody? Well, I'm, I'm, I think, I think you guys have already covered that ground. I'm the same way. Uh, the, the staff is the red line. If you, if you cross that red line and you're disrespectful to, to the staff, uh, you can't, you can't be there. I've done it. I've done it a couple different ways. Um, we had one, one we've had, we, we've had one that was incredibly rude and he was instantly terminated. We don't care. We've had one guy that was like kind of crossing the line, like hitting on, hitting on one of our staff members. And I did give him a warning. I set him down and I, he was an older guy and I just had to remind him that it's, you know, it was, it was in the year 2021. And I just had to remind him like the world is different, buddy. You you can't say that stuff. And he was, he was embarrassed in a lot of ways and it really apologetic. So I just think it was more of an education. I didn't say anything that was like over, over, over the top, but it made my staff member uncomfortable and it resolved itself. And then, um, I had somebody that flat out uh, sexually harassed one of our one of our interns once, and uh, that was an interesting one. Only in the sense that his wife came in and yelled at me. Uh, I, they came in together, and and then I I said, well, I you know it. Let's call him James. James, uh, let's we can go into what happened at the uh, at the at the event we had and what he said to Alicia. But do you want to know? And all of a sudden, like the the language changed differently. He told her we were firing her for something different, not because he said incredibly inappropriate things to a, to a staff member of mine. So we have a red line. I think, I think Greg though, your, your point around how you do it is really important. Remember we live in a digital age. You've got to be incredibly careful about people making a complaint, Mm -hmm. um, leaving a complaint on Google, on Facebook, or sending a complaint, like a written formal complaint. So I would not recommend email to do it or phone. I think you go up and you have a conversation, like you guys have said, that we're not meeting your expectations. I've got some places that I think might be a better fit, and I want to help you have the best outcome possible and and transition them that way. Um, But I think it's a feeling you know. like You know like when you dread that person and you don't want to see them, touch them, hear them, and just their name is like fingernails on a chalkboard, it's time to go. And um but but don't do it because somebody asked a stupid question. Clients are not if clients were really savvy, uh, they wouldn't know. If they call you up and say, I want to learn about like precious metal IRAs, that is not a reason to fire somebody. That that's that is an education. They just don't know. Like that, why do you think they're paying us? They they don't they don't this is not what they've committed their life to. So be patient. But you know that that that's how I handle it, um, and and the way we 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 address it. You know, with all that said, for you guys, is there it, it, do you, do you feel like there's times where you feel like you can fire somebody, but you can you can resolve the relationship? Have you experienced that before? Well, I just will say, in the one case, I had somebody almost admit to me with the multiple advisors that um, the other guy was close to retirement, and I was sort of their next generation plan, which is why they were splitting. Yeah. They didn't like the other guy met better, but they felt loyalty to him. And you know what I offered is, and sometimes people forget this, um, they can come back. <laughs> you know, So I said, go, if that's where your head's at, I'm not going to fight you with you, but I'm also not going to split the business. Go work with the other guy as long as it makes you happy. And when he's gone, we can move everything back if, if we all still feel that way. So uh, I can't remember even what you asked, but um, 
it's how I kind of used it in terms of a resolution that was probably for the best, best for everybody. Yeah. And I'd be, I think, I think what Jeff's doing is awesome in his, in his point earlier is his time in the business has afforded him the opportunity to do this, to be very selective about how he runs the business. You're going to have to make some compromises when you're starting, generally speaking, you know, you're, you're not going to, you, if your average client size is $150,000 and somebody with a million bucks comes in, but they only want to give you 250, you better take that 250, um, you know, You've got to take the revenue when you're when you're you know five years in, but when you're 22 years in, like, why why would you work with people that that don't respect you enough to like commit to you? You know, I, I get it completely. That should be was, back to our goal setting episode. That if you are not yet there, I would propose making a goal as to when you can choose the clients you work with. What decide in writing when you feel like that's going to be the case because if it's it it's a very difficult change and it takes time for us to get comfortable with that so decide this is when i'm going to declare myself having matured and that can be a different thing for different people as to when i'm going to start getting selective and i'm going to replace uh bring new clients in and re- have them replace those that i don't work well with yeah jim when you that's a good point about about where you are in your career. And I think we should do an episode on minimum account, um, like a household minimum or something. Um, I, I love it. I, I want to actually have you and Greg battle it out on this okay. topic. We're, 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 we we're going to disagree. But, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, Wholeheartedly. I thinking, yeah, I was thinking like... Um, yeah, I don't like to I don't like to share relationships, but you know, with a certain size, like... I'll give you an example. Like a, you know, a couple months ago, um, you know, a client of mine, Elon, texted me and he's like, "Hey, I was I was going to buy this company," and uh, and he's like, he backed out and he's like, "I'm not, but I have all this money I was going to use." And and he's like, "Hey, can you can you do something with it for you know a year or two till I figure out what other social media empire I want to acquire?" I was like, "You know what, buddy, I'll do it for you, Elon, but you know, not everybody." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you just got to make these judgment calls and and you you ultimately have to figure out what your practice wants to be. I'm not sure that I'm going to run out and fire clients on a split on split business at this point. As long as they're not a a pain in the butt. But but I get where Jeff's coming from. Like if you've got a client that has 500 with you and a million dollars at Vanguard and like they're using your leverage on taxes and on distributions and then you're always at a conflict of interest because when you're making recommendations on what account to pull distributions from, I don't care who you are. You're thinking to yourself, well, I can pull it from here and get paid less or I can pull it from there and it doesn't affect me. It does cloud your judgment. So it's a great way. You know, you've got to make those calls as a, as a fiduciary if you are one and as an advisor and figure out where you land. Uh, this was all a, all good stuff. Any before we wrap up, guys, any closing thoughts on any of the questions? Anything we want to leave our listeners with? Keep asking more questions. This is fun. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah, let's do this again. Yeah, we we like the questions. Um, look, go out to our Facebook group. Uh, it, it's free to join. Uh, we do share some information on there. It's um, the, the Financial Advisors Edge. Just search for it on uh, Facebook. You'll find it. Uh, you can also go out to our website at thefaedge.com. We'll send you a direct link if you send us your information. Uh, but thanks for listening. Remember, 
Uh, this show is all about you and helping you be get, get the edge, become better. If you like the show, like the content, leave us a five-star review, send it to your friends, share it. Uh, our goal is to uh, not only to uh, learn from each other, but help share what we've, ac- we've accomplished and learned over the years. So we hope you find value in it. Until next week, we'll be back, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.